0: hello how are you i hope you're doing well i am recording this in the morning usually i do it in the afternoon but i'm doing it in the morning this time and so i will definitely be taking moments to drink my coffee so here's the cue one moment friendly reminder to hydrate caffeine technically is not hydrating but I did have my lemon water before I drank my coffee so grab some water (laughs) grab something else as you enjoy hopefully this little podcast episode. I hope everyone is doing well. A lot of things have happened uh, since I recorded last. The Queen of England Queen Elizabeth II has passed, and the country, the world, is in mourning, and I have no idea why I wanted to do it in this British dialect, however, I am, I guess, in remembrance of her, (laughs) though her dialect is RP, which is Received Pronunciation, which is much more fancy schmancy, and I learned had to do it in school, but I'm not going to do it over the, on the podcast because it takes a bit of practice and a little bit out of it. However, this is what you'll get. <laughs> um, so that happened. Then there was the Venice Film Festival, which I think might still be happening currently. Um, and then there was also the TIFF Film Festival. And there was a lot of drama about the Don't Worry Darling cast and... Actually before I recorded this I was watching the press interview with the blonde cast and director. I love Anna Diadmas. She's amazing. If you don't know who she is, uh, well probably this movie you'll you'll know. Uh, I've watched her in a lot of things though and she's like one of my favorites and she is playing Marilyn Monroe in the new Marilyn Monroe movie, also starring Adrian Brody. And I was listening to the press conference because I love listening to press conferences of of like a lot of the films that I'm gonna watch or, and stuff. I It's a really great learning tool for me I, as uh, also as an actor. Um, and I love getting the inside scoop. So, yeah, but a lot of a lot of things in the world have been going on where I live we had an insane heat wave and it's gone now and now it is nice and cool and my favorite kind of weather so that's nice and yeah so all that to say I'm glad to be back glad to be filming this next little podcast episode and for this week I decided to kind of go on the same theme of last week which was you know me asking deep and thought-provoking questions and kind of open it up to you the audience the consumers of this podcast and I asked you all to ask me some questions and I'm going to answer them and these aren't necessarily questions about like Me personally or anything like like my personal life it's questions that are I think things that we all kind of struggle with and maybe my perspective on them and my goal is not to tell you oh this is what you should believe or this is how you should approach things not at all this podcast is is called let's verbal process and it's about verbal processing. It's about being introspective. It's about taking these big kind of topics or these things about the human condition that we're all going through and kind of trying to figure them out and maybe hopefully find solutions and practices that we can apply or maybe it just feels really good to talk about them and kind of leave them on the table as food for thought and maybe get back to them in the, in the future. So yeah, um, these were all really amazing questions and I'm excited to kind of go through them with you. So I'm going to take a little coffee sip one moment. Okay, cool. Okay so the first question that i got was really really cool there's there's two parts to it so part one what are your thoughts on modern dating as opposed to how most of our parents met part two is and should it be something to be embraced or resisted so i'll answer part one first which is what are your thoughts on modern dating as opposed to how most of our parents met i kind of touched on this a little bit in a previous podcast episode I don't remember which one, but I <laughs> I remember I had said <laughs> dating apps. I don't really know how long those relationships last, per se. However, I know of a couple who got married, you know, from dating apps. So, I mean, that's a very modern tool, I, I guess. I think it can work for some people. Does it work for everyone? No, I don't. I don't think that. <sighs> yeah, I, I'm also very like old-fashioned i guess in that sense where i like the idea of meeting someone while i don't know doing something that you love i or you know by chance i i yeah that's that's how i like meeting people and i also i think i think with modern dating there's this pressure I was actually talking with one of my best friends last night about this dating thing and they were kind of telling me kind of what they're kind of struggling with right now. And I had said, I think right now with dating culture, it's either, oh, I just want everything to be casual. I'm not looking for a serious relationship. I want to keep things really chill, casual not looking for a deep relationship and then the other side is i want a deep relationship because i want to get married soon and there isn't this in between that i think gets talked about where it's i don't want anything casual i want a deep relationship i want to be connected with someone i want to get to know someone i want them to get to know me but i also am not looking to get married anytime soon and not feel like I have to do that right now and I think it's finding someone who also wants that with you and I was saying how I think that that in between that like that takes time to be committed to someone and get to know them take your time and all that stuff and not feel like oh I'm in a rush to get married And I think that kind of a relationship is also more substantial than just a casual hookup kind of thing. But I think our dating culture right now is very, excuse me, I think it's very fast-paced. I think that it's all about instant gratification, about getting a ring on your finger or getting you know, having sex, whatever. And I don't, that's not what everyone wants. And my friend was kind of saying like, that's that's not, that's not what she wants. She's also like me in the sense where it's like, if we meet someone, we want to like, yes, have like a deep relationship with them, have you know do do the whole like boyfriend girlfriend thing but not feel pressure to get married anytime soon and I think that that's really important and so I think that with modern dating I think it can be very rushed and I don't think that I think relationships are really special and I think that they take time and they take work so that's I think one part of modern dating that I'm not a big fan of I guess is how rushed it needs to be and I think that it just like take your time with it and it's okay and then find people I think it's really important to find someone who wants the same thing as you do and that's why communication is so important and that's why I think it's so important for you as an individual to learn how to communicate your thoughts and your needs and your wants in a way that is respectful and is clear and concise because you have to let that other person know and hopefully you're going to be dating someone who will also do the same thing back to you give you that communication and doesn't leave you in that gray area of well what what are we doing what is it that we want and stuff like that and I'm not just talking about like DTR defining the relationship like it's not just that it's just what are like I think from the get-go if there's something that's not sitting well with you or that you are kind of not too sure about feeling safe to bring that up. And I think that that's where kind of modern dating doesn't really, I guess, support that all the time. Because it's like, oh, if someone is kind of being a certain way, you're not feeling it, you ghost them or whatever. And I'm I'm not judging ghosting or anything like that. There's some people that you just like don't want to talk to. I, I get that. But I think that they're I think don't use, I think ghosting. that's a separate thing and that's that can be, I don't know, uh, I guess it's situational. However, I think that you shouldn't run away from problems in a relationship. I think that you should try to figure them out and find someone who is willing to figure them out with you. So don't just give up. However, if there is a relationship and it's very problematic and it's not safe emotionally, mentally, physically, all that stuff, get out, (laughs) like for for sure. I'm not not saying that. But I'm just saying um, I think a lot of times people want the easy way out with a relationship or have a relationship that's always very easy and that's not the case. You have to put in the work. So I think that that's something about modern dating in a world where I think everyone wants things to be very easy. That can be kind of a point of contention maybe and can change how someone approaches a relationship and how they act in a relationship. Uh, Daniel, this is a very good question. I think also kind of talking a little bit about like meeting people, I think, I think with modern dating... Well, first of all, yes, there's dating apps. That's a way that you can meet people. However, there's also so many opportunities out there in the world to meet people, whether you're traveling, whether you're working on a project together, create a project together, or maybe you go to some, I don't know, like a nature hiking club (laughs) there's there's different ways of meeting people and i really believe that you will meet someone when you are least expecting it and i'm saying that from someone who that 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 happens to (laughs) i guess or that has happened to all of the relationships that i've had how i've met that person I wasn't intentionally looking, it just happened. And that's why I think those kinds of relationships are even more special because they kind of just happen and you are kind of just living life and then you meet someone and that's really great versus I think going out there and intentionally trying to find someone usually that's harder and it doesn't always happen or you do meet someone and something happens or it doesn't last. Now, I'm not saying that that's for everyone, but I think statistically that tends to be kind of the thing. I think modern, modern dating kind of on a very surface level tells you go on a dating app, go to a bar, go to a club, all of that stuff. But I'm, I'm going to be honest, if you Are looking for a deep relationship. Maybe you're not ready for marriage, but you are looking for something that is substantial. I don't necessarily for me personally. I don't think that those are the places that you are going to find the person that you can have a really deep relationship and take your time with. You know, I am not saying that you can't find someone. I'm sure it's like a one in a million kind of thing. However the majority of the time I think people are going there with different intentions and there you know various intentions but I would say if you are trying to find someone to date put yourself in environments where people have the same interests or similar values but don't do those things and go into those spaces with the intent of, oh, I'm going to find someone to date. Because that's not attractive, first of all. Like, no. <laughs> be Do life, be yourself, be your wonderful, amazing self. And people are going to be attracted to that naturally, you know? Don't, like, try to be putting yourself out there where it's like, date me, date me, date me. I think people are going to be attracted to you because of who you are, your personality, how you carry yourself. Desperation is not cute. Don't be desperate, okay? So that's kind of my thoughts, I guess, on meeting people in a modern dating sense, which, yeah, there's two sides of the coin, I guess. There's the apps and the clubs, the bars, but then there's also the fact that we are living in a time where I feel like most of us live in cities that offer a lot of different opportunities to do things that you really enjoy or that you've always wanted to try and those are really great places to just go, have fun, learn something, meet new people in general and maybe you'll find someone. But also too, also too, you might be walking through an airport and then you meet someone and you're sitting on the same flight as them in the seat next to them and maybe that's how you meet them maybe it's at a bookshop and you reach for the same book and then he's like or she's like or they're like oh this book is absolutely amazing you'll love it and then you can be like oh well you were gonna reach for it so you you can totally have it and he's like well honestly i've already have like the first edition copy i was just gonna grab this one just for giggles but no you should have it and then maybe you're like oh that's really nice of you what is your favorite part about the book and then you start a conversation and then you start a conversation I god I'm such a I love like rom-coms and like romantic movies it's not those are not the only movies I like however I've obviously seen a lot of them because that's kind of like I mean no that's not like Notting Hill though he does give her he sells her a book a travel book was it to Vienna Paris? I don't remember. Greece. That movie's so good. I love Notting Hill. Uh, anyways, so yeah. I am a sucker for that quote-unquote meet-cute, okay? But I think that those meet-cutes... If you don't know what a meet-cute, it's like meeting someone on a plane or in a bookshop or like at a coffee shop, whatever. But here's the thing, though. Some people might be like, oh, that's so, like, naive or you shouldn't, like, think about those things. But I, I believe in them because I'm not saying that that's how I'm necessarily going to meet the person that I'm going to marry or date seriously. However, I think that it does align with just living your life and you'll meet someone wherever, whenever it's meant to happen. And I think you just, yeah. So that's, that's what I think. And I think in comparison to, mo- to, because the question is also saying, so thoughts on modern dating as opposed to how most of our parents met. I mean, honestly, my, how my parents met, my dad owned a restaurant and my mom went there <laughs> and he liked her. And then they, that's, that's kind of how it started <laughs> to be honest. So and there you go. Food brings people together and yeah, I, and I mean, even my grandparents, I think my grandpa met my grandma at, I know that she had worked at like a record store and that's how he met her, which is like really cute. Uh So yeah, I, I think again, in a way, those two examples really align with how you just kind of live your life and you, you you'll meet someone. I think, yeah, I, I think it's just, it's not about constantly looking but it's being open i think that's what it is being open to love that sounds really cheesy but yeah being being open but not being desperate and what is the second part of the question this is a very long answer this is a very good question though and should it be something to be embraced or resisted I feel like I kind of touched on that on my thoughts of the kinds of modern dating that I think should be resisted or embraced. I think that what is nice I think about modern dating as opposed to past generations is I mean truly I think as as a woman having choice is really important and you might be listening and you might be like choice <laughs> I don't have any choices right now I'm not saying in terms of the number of guys or anything like that or people that you're interested in I'm saying it in the sense that as a woman you have the choice of how you want to date and when you want to date I think in the past I, you, oh you know what I was listening to the podcast um Meghan Markle's new podcast it's called archetypes and she was interviewing mindy kaling about singleness and or i think she called it singleton and they were kind of talking about the origin words of like spinster and all of this stuff and you know in the regency era if you were like 26 you're considered like a spinster and stuff like that and right now in in our modern dating culture you can be 26 and not be married and you're not considered a spinster you're considered yeah you're like living your life like that's amazing you know for the most part and I think that that's I think yes like let's continue to embrace that let's continue to embrace and normalize being a woman even in your like early 30s or mid 30s and not having married anyone yet I think that that should be embraced and that should be normalized and it's not a sad thing because that could literally just be the woman's choice that she doesn't want that yet or maybe she doesn't want that at all or maybe she's still waiting and that's completely okay because she knows what she deserves i think that that's really really important and in a way too i think for guys i think a guy i hope that for guys listening to this that they don't feel pressure to get married to Someone or I—I I shouldn't even just say married. Like be with a girl because or whoever that they want to be with, because their friends are like, oh, like you should be with someone and stuff like that. Like live it up, man. All of this stuff. Like if you are a dude and you want to wait for the right person to come along, like do that. Like that's fine. Like don't feel like you have to be in a relationship because all of your bros are in a relationship as well. And when you do meet someone, don't let her go. I mean, like, that sounds, that's, don't be controlling. But I mean, like, if you do meet someone who is really, really special, then shoot your shot. Shoot your shot. Even if you aren't sure if they like you, shoot your shot. I think that that's really important. Because sometimes girls don't know. And I'm going to also say that to girls as well. Like, shoot your shot if there is someone that you like you might as well you might as well try okay shoot shoot your shot do it in a respectful way and not in a creepy way but be respectful about it so anyways that was kind of a somewhat of a tangent but i'm saying what i'm trying to say is that there are a lot of things about modern dating culture that we should continue to embrace and normalize and i think a woman's choice is really important age and everything of wanting to wait or, you know, all of that. And I think also with modern dating, it's important to embrace equality and to live that out in a relationship so that there isn't this subservientness, eh, that kind of like old thinking I, like, in Taylor Swift's song, All Too Well, she says, F the patriarchy, <laughs> F the patriarchy, <laughs> and, um, yeah, I think, like, if a woman wants to, con- you know, have her own bank account when she's married, or signing a prenup, like, d- sign a prenup, uh, actually, you know, what? just everyone from, like, a, like, a law, and business perspective like have a prenup before you get married in my in my opinion in my my personal opinion um you know so things things like that i think uh, having financial agency especially as a woman and not feeling like you have to depend on everything, on your security, your financial security, on your spouse and stuff like that. So I think embracing those things. And maybe you might be listening to this and you don't agree with that. And that's completely fine, completely fine. At the end of the day, do what you want and what's best for your life and what adheres to your values and everything like that. I w- what I will say is ha- always have communication though with your spouse. And that's where I think, I hope to going in to modern I'm going to just talk about like modern culture right now It as a whole. I feel like we are embracing mental health and therapy and hopefully we will continue to do that because I think when you are able to, you know, when you are because I'm a big proponent of like doing therapy and like mental health and all of that stuff, hopefully that will help you in your romantic relationships and in your dating life and all of that stuff and how you approach it and how you figure out who you are what you want how you want to communicate that and hopefully you can find someone who is who also embraces that too and willing to put in the work in in that sense and in their mental health because i think that that's really important as well um and being able to have those conversations with someone okay i'm gonna end it because this is Danielle, you ask very good questions. Uh, so that was really good. Hopefully that somewhat helps. So, yes. Okay. The other question that I received is okay, any advice on letting go of anger and grudges? It's a very good question. And I'm gonna just preface that I I'm not perfect at it. I've I've struggled with that too. I think anger, let me start with advice on letting go of anger. Okay. Here is my view on anger. Anger is like an iceberg. Imagine an iceberg. An iceberg, you see the tip of it. Okay, let's say you're on a you're, you're on a you're on a ship and you see the tip of the iceberg. The top is anger, but below the surface, that iceberg is a big damn rock and it goes deep, okay. All of that is not anger. The anger is the top part of it. Everything below it are the different layers and that could be sadness, that could be grief, it could, you know, frustration, it can be confusion, it can be this, you know, just so many different emotions and anger is just what's is just what's seen on the surface. So I think with letting go of anger, it's, it isn't easy to let go of, of anger because I think that you have to do the work and figure out what is underneath the anger. What is causing me to feel angry? What is causing me to feel these feelings towards someone or something? And that takes bravery and that takes introspection and that takes time. I don't think that that's something that you can rush because again, if you think of an iceberg, an iceberg is pretty big, okay? And so... I think that that's where. I guess I'm just promoting therapy today. Therapy is really helpful, or just talking it out, journaling. I think being brave and doing the work to figure out what are the what what are the root causes of what the anger is, because the anger is just the external channeling of all of the stuff that you're actually feeling underneath it all and so that's I think what you you have to do that work and go on that journey in order to really let go of anger and that takes time and that takes work but it's worth it because it's not worth living your life constantly angry it's also just not healthy. It's not healthy for you mentally. It's not healthy for your heart. Give your heart a break, you know? Yeah, your, your heart is pumping a lot of blood. Don't, you know, it, it's, it's yeah, don't, it's not good. I think maybe, let's say you got off the phone and you're really angry because of the conversation or something, something came up. Maybe doing something in a safe physical way is a really great way of kind of getting rid of that uh that charged energy. So working out, I love working out. I think that that's <laughs> really really helpful. Uh, I yeah, I know I have been really like, angry about something, and I'll go like on a run, or I'll do one of my bar classes and stuff like that. Just different different things. Going on a hike, kickboxing, even you know, or. Yeah, so I think doing something that is physically safe for you and for other people that may be around you, I think is very important. So I think that's a quick way of doing that, and I think of letting go of anger. And I think that that will also help you to maybe after you release that kind of physical energy, hopefully you'll be able to kind of like take a step back, sit down afterwards, and then maybe start doing the deep dive and unpacking the layers of figuring out, well, why am I angry? What was triggering about this? What about what they said or about this situation is making me feel anger? Why am I feeling, oh, wait, maybe I'm actually feeling sad, but why am I feeling sad about this specific word that they used? Oh, wow, maybe... I Maybe it subconsciously took me back to a time in fifth grade when this person had said that word to me and that made me feel really bad and it's going back to childhood trauma. I don't know. I don't know. The rabbit holes are different, but go down it because it's very important and I think it's important to be very self-aware of who you are and the things that you have to continue working through. So yeah, I think definitely doing something physical feels really good. So do it in a safe way. And even honestly, like if you got to get in your car and just scream (laughs) or grab a pillow and just scream in the pillow, do that, you know? And also I will say like if you're living with roommates, if you're supposed to hang out with friends and stuff like that, I think maybe taking a step back is really important because if you are angry, other people are going to also feel that too. And maybe you, you know, maybe unintentionally might say or do something that Could hurt them because you're kind of in this really like hypercharged space which is 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 fine but just I think be aware of that if you have to be like hey dude I'm supposed to hang out with you I can't like I gotta I gotta figure some stuff I gotta figure some stuff out I'll meet up with you a little bit later I think at least trying to do that is really important because yeah I you know it's just you want to also protect the other relationships that you have or or if maybe you live with roommates, you know, someone wants to talk to you and you're like, hey, I I, I have some stuff that I'm going through. I'm not ready to talk about it, but I'm going to take some time. I'm not angry at you. It's about something else. I think that that's really important, important to do. And I, I've i had to learn that. I learned that in college when I was living with one of my roommates. That Not that I was always angry or anything, but it was that I would be really stressed about certain things and, and, I didn't know how to communicate that at that age and I've learned since then and through that experience and so yeah, I think that that's really important. So yeah, um, and then in terms of grudges, I think grudges are really hard because grudges, you can hold a grudge and I think part of it is yeah maybe you still have some anger towards them but I think with grudges it's hurt and I think it's constantly reliving the memory of whatever happened and I'm thinking about like grudges that I've held and how I've let them go. I think there was someone that I had dated many years ago and it was really hard for me to kind of I mean I think it was somewhat of a, I guess it it was a grudge in the sense that like I think on a surface level it seemed like a grudge because it was like oh wow you started dating this person right after me all of this stuff and I like had I feel like it was resentment but it but then I realized it was hurt again what is under what, what is the layer underneath it it was hurt and I was like, did you ever care about me at all? And I had to learn to let that, let that go and become okay with never knowing the answer. And that's where I think with grudges, it's you can't let those things stop you from living the rest of your life. And also too, that is a really big weight that you're constantly carrying, you know? And I think instead of it be becoming a weight, maybe <laughs> this is really funny, but I always I think of that SpongeBob episode where Spongebob like goes into his brain and in his brain there's like all of these file cabinets and he pulls out like a file from one of the cabinets and stuff like that that person that situation just has to become a little file in there and I've realized through therapy (laughs) um, that you can't ever eradicate or completely forget that person or that situation and everything because you learned from it hopefully and it was an experience that you had and that is a part of your life's journey So instead of it constantly being on your back and weighing you down, just put it in the file cabinet up there and acknowledge that, okay, maybe I won't ever forget about this. And yes, maybe it will always somewhat hurt. However, I'm just going to continue to live my life and hopefully meet people and have other experiences that are better than this last one you know whatever whatever it was and yeah I I don't know I think because I think a lot of times it's easy to say oh just forget about it no like it's very hard to forget those things and I think that's the thing with grudges is that they're things that you hold on to um but you know, it's kind of like, it's. As, I feel like it's as if you're walking around constantly holding a fist. And finally, after years, you just open your hand and you let that fist go. And you realize, well, all of my muscles were so tense. My arm feels so heavy. But now it feels so lightweight and free and tired. But now my hand is open to receive and to give love, joy, and laughter. And that's what I hope you're able to do, and what you can look forward to by not letting the grudge define you or even define the other person. Because I think grudges, you know, they kind of make you look at someone, maybe if it's towards someone, you feel usually it's towards someone uh, in a very negative way. And maybe they deserve it. Maybe that person was like pretty shitty and did something that was not cool whatsoever you know, and, and you're trying to protect yourself afterwards. So maybe that's also where the grudge is coming from as well as a protection kind of thing that, you know, you don't ever really want to forget so that you don't get hurt again. However, I think it's just important to acknowledge the pain, acknowledge the hurt, acknowledge the experience, but then again, just file it in your little file cabinet in your brain, open your hand and continue to go because maybe you'll never see that person again and even if you do see that person again maybe they've changed maybe they haven't but you have hopefully changed and you've grown and you're the bigger person and you're not going to let them define you or how they treated you define who you are and what you're going to do next doesn't mean that maybe seeing them hurts or it brings back memories of course yeah it probably will it probably will but you are not going to let, hopefully, what someone has said or done stop you from reaching your full potential and doing the things that you love. Don't, I guess in a way, like, don't let them win. Not that I'm trying to make it very binary in that sense. Not that I'm trying to make it as like a win or lose thing, but, you know, don't, don't, don't let them win. Don't, yeah. And, it's very tiring to focus on s- someone for a very long time <laughs> okay a coffee break one moment okay these are very good questions so i have three more this question kind of goes into the grudges and, and anger and so the question is, how to forgive when someone may not be deserving of your forgiveness? Who? Oh. I think forgiveness is really hard and it's hard to forgive someone who has hurt you or who has constantly hurt you. And I think the thing with forgiveness is that sometimes depending on the relationship i think that forgiveness is needed for you both or if it's multiple people for everyone to move on and it has to come from a really genuine authentic place and hopefully with the goal and, and, and plan and actions for change so that those things don't happen again. I think forgiveness is should be a blank slate for for people. That doesn't mean that you completely forget what what has happened. Some people do. I know for me I don't always to to, to be honest, but I still give forgiveness and everything. Other times though, maybe someone has really hurt you and maybe you'll never see them again but you have to forgive them and you have to and maybe you don't even tell them that you forgive them because of the situation again maybe you're never going to see them again but by you forgiving them then you're able to move on and whether or not they were deserving of it maybe it's you giving forgiveness to them is allowing you to deserve the life and the mental freedom <laughs> that you need in order to continue living, you know? I think that it's hard for someone, it's hard to want to forgive someone when they have wronged you because it's like, no, they should. I think it's hard to if they don't ask you, if they don't apologize to you, because it's like, well, they didn't apologize to me, they didn't own up to it, they didn't take response. I don't like it when people don't take responsibility for their actions. I really don't like that. And I I know that people struggle with that, but if someone isn't taking responsibility for their actions, that makes it hard for me to want to forgive them. Because I'm like, but have you learned? Are you gonna change like all of this stuff? And in those moments, maybe again, maybe it's not a conversation that, that is had. Again, I think it depends on, on the situation. Maybe it is a conversation that's had. And it's like, you know what? Like this really hurt. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna forgive you though and let's like start new or again, never gonna see you again, but I have to give you that forgiveness because I need to move on and all of that stuff. Uh, but it's hard. It's it's really, really hard and again when they're not owning up to it it, it makes it very i don't know it's, it's really sad and it's just i i don't have the, the answers to this i think that it really depends on the situation but do i think forgiveness is is good and important yes and i think i think forgiveness should always be bestowed for sure because people make mistakes we are human beings and we are not perfect and we all make mistakes so yes i believe that everyone deserves forgiveness and a clean slate however however i'm also aware that people might take that and abuse it meaning that they're like oh i'm forgiven so I'm just gonna repeat the same thing, and I'm just gonna do it all over again, and then continue to hurt people. Okay, that's that's where I where I'm like, you know what? Like, okay, Th- then I take myself out of that situation. I'm like, this is not. I'm not gonna be a part of this anymore because I, you know, I can't change you. You need to work on yourself. All of that stuff. But yeah, for the most part, I think everyone deserves to be forgiven because when you do something wrong, wouldn't you want to be forgiven? You know and hopefully you are someone who owns up to the things that you've done and forgiveness is an opportunity to change and to start new and to rebuild rebuild what may have been broken and yeah so I think forgiveness is very important is everyone deserving of your forgiveness maybe not maybe Maybe it doesn't feel like they are, but I think that, again, forgiveness, this is a really hard question. It's a really hard question because I'm really trying to think of, you know, even like family members and stuff like that. I think, (sighs) Like I have a family member who has said some stuff that have really, really hurt me, but I love this family member so, so, so much that I forgive them. Do I forget about it? No, but I'm also aware and I have grown up to see that this person also needs to do a lot of introspective work. And I think in a way that's why I forgive them because I think that they're trying and I think that that's, I think that that's something to take into consideration and I think for people who have really hurt me in the past and never apologized for it I think again me giving them forgiveness is just able for it's it allows me to move on (laughs) so yeah uh however I think depending on a lot of, I think depending on the situation, I think forgiveness doesn't mean that that person shouldn't be held accountable for the, for their actions. And that's where I think the taking responsibility is important. Um, and because I also, from like a, well, from also a biblical standpoint, like God forgives us for our sins and how can we not, it, it's like, it's like, it's like, Oh gosh, which parable was it? But basically, there's a parable where, uh, I am I hope I'm not going to butcher this, but basically there was this servant and he went to his like master and was like in a lot of debt and his master was like, your debts are cleared, that's fine. So yay and, and all that stuff. And he gave him a fresh slate, all of that, doesn't have to pay his debt. Then, the servants had a servant below him again this is like ancient times this is thousands of years ago so there was hierarchies and so the servant servant came to him and was like i don't have enough money and to pay you back all this stuff and the, the 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 first servant was like well i'm not going to forgive your debts I'm going to like charge you interest, all this stuff. And when his master found out about this, he was like, I forgave you (laughs) and you did not forgive your servant. And, you know, it's all maybe in the show notes, I'll try to find the parable and then I'll put it, I'll like put it in, in the show notes and you can go and read it. But I think that's just to show if you are forgiven, how can you not bestow that forgiveness on other people? You know, just because your slate is wiped clean doesn't mean that you shouldn't bestow that forgiveness on someone else, okay? And so from a biblical standpoint, if we are forgiven, how can we not forgive? And that, again, forgiveness doesn't mean that it's easy. Forgiveness can be very, very difficult. But I think you can forgive and still be guarded. That's okay. That's completely okay. Okay you know, being aware of that. And also too, you can forgive and both of you can completely move on and continue to live your life and be happy and be friends and all of that stuff, you know. But you, I think forgiveness, forgiveness of yourself, forgiveness of the other people, of the other person, is an important step of I'm going to tie it into the other question letting go of anger and letting go of grudges and again this doesn't mean that you completely forget but it allows you to move on and again rebuild and I think that that's very important so yeah but it's hard okay what is my opinion? This is the other question. What is my opinion on fake it till you make it? <laughs> I think in a lot of things in life, you kind of have to approach it as fake it till you make it. However, you know, like I, I like I think about it in acting and stuff like that. Yeah, sometimes you got to walk into the room and fake it like I, I know how to do this. This is fine and all of this stuff. And maybe inside you might be so freaking nervous. Okay. And all of that stuff. So maybe that's a fake it till you make it. So in a way, yes, I think that you kind of have to do it a little bit. However, however, that doesn't mean that you fake it 100%, because I think if you are, whether you're an actor, whether you are trying to be an accountant, or you're trying to be a writer, all of this stuff, you need skill. You can only fake that for so long, because when the time comes, you're gonna have to step up to the plate, and you're gonna have to show, no, I can't actually do this. So I, that's why I think, Especially as an actor, taking classes is so important. Again, if you want to be an accountant, go to school. Learn how to be an accountant. That's very important. Learn Excel, all of that stuff. If you are going to be a writer, learn how to write, you know? And this doesn't mean that you don't have, I think people can be naturally gifted already towards those things, but it still needs refinement. I think that that's really important. And so I think the fake it part could be maybe you're going into a room and you're feeling imposter syndrome and you're like, I don't really know if I should be in this room right now. Maybe let's say, let's say you are in a writer's room on a comedy show and You've done the work. You 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 went to school. You've you know done screenwriting. You've done uh, different comedy. You've even done improv. All of this stuff, and maybe you're in in the room for what's going to be the next office and you're with these other great writers and you might feel like i don't think i should be here like i just you know it's again imposter syndrome so maybe yeah fake it till you make it fake it until you're not just you know a freelance but you're actually now a paid staff writer for that show however however what will get you to be also the paid writer on that show is the fact that you can actually write (laughs) you can write those jokes you can write those scenes and all that stuff so yeah i think fake it till you make it definitely kind of works for sure and you kind of need it because i know for me like i will go into a room and i am like like okay i'll give you i'll give you an example I had to do a speech the other night. I went to this alumni event for one of the acting conservatories I went to, and I was asked to give a speech 24 hours <laughs> before, and I was a little bit nervous. I, I actually, I, I'm i good with public speaking. I, I am a good public speaker. I even won the public speaking award <laughs> in the past, and To be very honest, like if anyone ever needs someone to give them a speech, I'm usually the one that they're gonna come to. And if you ever need me to give you to give a speech, I I I'm your person. That doesn't mean that I'm not nervous. I I am nervous, but I I have the skills and I've done I I have the skills to do it. And I've always, even in like fifth grade, when I think I got that award in like fifth grade or like middle school or something like that. But it's just it's a part of me. However, I'm going into this room with some people that I know, a lot of people I don't know, and even part of me is like, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm i nervous. This is very nerve-wracking. And I I was that person who like legitimately wrote a speech. Some people just went up there with a few little notes where they kind of just winged it and everything. And I'm like, I don't really know how I feel about this and everything. And I kind of, I went up there. And maybe this is me as an actor where I'm like, I have to just go up in front of people and I don't want to say like put on a show because I was being very like authentic and very genuine. My speech is very authentic and genuine and I was totally being me. But I had to go up there and not be, you know, I'm not going to go up there like very meekly and like, you know, be like so apologetic, like, um, hi everyone. Um, so I, um, I just like wrote the speech like 24 hours ago. Um, and I'm not really like sure about it. No, 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 no. I have to be myself. I'm very nervous and I have to step on that, on that block and I have to give a speech and be like, hi everyone, my name is May Rani and I would like to thank so-and-so for having me do the speech and all that stuff and just kind of go. And that was kind of faking it. However, I also know that I did earn my spot to be there because I had done the work prior and yeah, so that's kind of an example of a fake it till you... Make it in a way, and I guess maybe I had sort of made it, but even even doing the speech, I was still like, I have I made it? I don't know, I don't know. So I think it goes into imposter syndrome, but yeah, sometimes you just kind of have to walk into a room and be like, I am, like I I am, I deserve to be here, I all of this stuff, you know, and uh, to kind of help you get through it. So yes, yeah, sometimes it's helpful, but also at the same time, you're gonna have to also do the work as as well. So yeah use it as a tool but don't rely on it to be everything for you the fake it till you make it thing okay so the last question how do you keep track with friends around the world aka when you are trying to reconnect with friends who are in different locations with different time zones shout out tiffer chin my bestie tiffany chin i love you so much um Tiffany, when you listen to this, we were just talking last night for hours and I love you. So this is me shouting you out on the podcast and I miss you. Okay, so I guess for everyone else who doesn't know, Tiffany lives in Hong Kong and Tiffany is 16 hours ahead of me. So I really feel like Tiffany has been like a really perfect example of connecting with friends, trying to stay connected with friends in different time zones. I also have a lot of other friends all over the place as well. I have another friend who's in Hawaii. And depending on the time of the year, I'm either three hours ahead or two hours ahead because of the time change. So there's that. I have friends who are on the East Coast. I have friends who have studied abroad, all of this stuff. So I think, how do you, how do I stay connected? I think it's, well, first of all, I'm very fortunate that leaving university, like, my best friends are from there. I have one friend from back in high school that I'm still close with, and we're like, I think, on 11 years of a friendship, which is absolutely freaking amazing. So... And even actually that friend, um, uh, there was a time where they um, were they, they worked on a ship with the NOAA Corps. So they were all over the world. They were in Guam, you know, and, and so the, the hours are so different. I mean, that's completely the, the other side of the world as well. I think the thing is when you really want to talk with someone, you make the time. Even if that means that you have to schedule it three weeks or a month ahead of time, it's still worth it. And I think it's, I think that that also is really great because it's something for you all to look forward to. And I think what's also, I'm very, very fortunate because all of my best friends, even though we're all living around the world now, partially because of COVID to be, to be honest, we had such a strong foundation before the pandemic hit which is why I know that maybe I haven't talked to one of my friends for months, but I'm still so close with them because we have that strong foundation. We've had exceptional memories and experiences that we've made together. So there's also, I think, that confidence that I that I have, which I think is helpful, hopefully. Um, but yeah, I think reaching out in a text or something like that and just being like, hey, I'd love to catch up with you. What's your schedule like? And then setting a date even if it's a month in advance, that's really helpful to do. Um, I think if you can like maybe plan a trip to see each other, that's really helpful. I'm doing that. Um, I guess when this podcast comes out, I would have already done it. But my friend and I were like meeting up in Santa Barbara and like that's going to be so much fun. And, you know, so I think doing doing that in terms of connecting or reconnecting, I think even like sending funny like dms like memes to each other and stuff like that like if you both are interested in something then you guys are just sending each other things I, th- I think that that's kind of a helpful fun really light way of keeping up with each other in the sense that it's like oh i saw this recipe so i'm gonna send it to you because i thought about you and all of this stuff you know and it could it could just be that like that's i do that with a lot of my friends and i think too i i my friends are amazing because each of them offer something that the other doesn't. And I don't mean it in a transactional way. I just mean it that like I have my friend who like is just, whenever I talk with them, I just feel so much peace and calm. Another friend, wisdom, another friend, just pure playfulness and joking. Another one. It's just about like life and adulting, all of this stuff. And and that's just the surface. But, you know, I think that's what's really nice about having friends who are just so diverse and and who the relationships are really strong because I know that I can go to them for different things and they can come to me for different things. And that makes wanting to spend time with them. Quality time is also my love language and words, words of affirmation is the second. So it's quality time and then words of affirmation. So I th- that's why I think it's really important to make that time, even if it's a FaceTime, even if it's just a phone call, to make time to continue to pour into that relationship. And also too, I think that's why it's important to figure out who do you want in your life? Who is filling your cup? And who are you filling? And whose cup are you filling as well? Because you don't want to put time and energy into relationships that drain you that's not good like that is not that's first of all that then then there's no motivation really i think for you to constantly connect with them and, and if you do then you leave that really you know that conversation feeling maybe drained and you're like well, i, I don't really know about this so if there are people like that in your life like shift shift the gaze and focus on people who you want in your life and maybe maybe you haven't talked to someone but you really miss them and you miss their presence or their conversations and stuff like that reach out to them even if you think that it's out of the blue or you know maybe you're nervous to do it because you haven't talked to them in like a year or whatever do it though because if you know that it was really authentic and it was a really genuine friendship and conversation or it was something starting to happen they probably want to you know talk with you too so yeah I think that that's really important um I think in terms of different time zones and stuff like that I think it's just figuring out like oh like you're 16 hours ahead of me so we're gonna talk my night and your morning and stuff like that that's really helpful so I think just communicating time zones I think also something that I do with one of my one of my dear, dear friends as we do book club and it's just two of us, (laughs) but that's really a nice way of connecting with each other. Because to be honest, yeah, like we call it book club and we talk about the book, maybe like 5% (laughs) and the rest of it is like catching up on life and all of this stuff, but it's a good like checkpoint that we have and reason to, always you know be in 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 contact with with each other so that's really helpful so maybe it's book club for you um with one of my other friends i mean we talk a lot but we're both artists and uh, we'll do an artist check in, which is really helpful. So it's like a conversation dedicated to like where we're at with our art and maybe accountability and stuff like that. And that can be really helpful. So maybe you know, granted, this person, my this my this other best friend, like we talk a lot. However, also having a separate time that's dedicated to working through our art is also really helpful. So that's also a way of connecting even more. Um, so I think it's finding those little things, whether it's a book club or in an artist check-in, or maybe if you're, I don't know, let's say you're an accountant, we'll go with that. An accountant check-in if you have an accountant friend, I don't know. So yeah, I think those are some ways that I just like reconnecting with people. And again, if you really miss talking with someone and you want to pour into a friendship, reach out, reach out to them. Um, and if they don't want to, then that's on them, but I'm sure that they really do too. And, yeah and so I think it's also being aware of like yes everyone has different schedules everyone is in different sometimes is in different time zones but I think when people really want each other and want people in their lives they'll make the effort and stuff like that and I to be honest I'm talking about this from like a friendship perspective romantically that can be sometimes nerve-wracking but I think from a friendship perspective yes um you just kind of have to have to make make the time and even to like i love leaving audio messages and stuff like that i'm i'm wordy so sometimes just doing an audio message is even easier because i am able to just say it in a minute instead of trying to type it out and and all that stuff and then i'll receive an audio message back and then i get to hear my like best friend's voice and that feels so good it feels so so good To hear to hear your voice because I'm definitely someone who like I love phone calls like phone calls I love them like find text me so that we can plan a date to phone call or Facetime, Um, but I I genuinely I love phone calls and I love the three four hour conversations I have with my friends and stuff, Um, and yeah so I. think that that's really important because there is a difference between constantly just like texting or DMing someone when you actually are hearing their voice and their tone of voice and their cadence and the giggles and you know all of that it it makes it more real and again especially being in different locations in different time zones I think sometimes the voice the voice has power and that's the closest thing that you can that you might have to being near someone but yeah so i think those are kind of my my little advices um hopefully planning trips to see each other or even like virtual like wine tasting night or hey it's my dinner time but it's your breakfast time why don't we just like FaceTime and like, we'll eat together in that sense, you know? Or maybe it's, um, like one of my friends at one point we were trying to just be really like present in the spaces we were in or like new spaces in the city, um, in in our two different cities that we were exploring. And so we would send each other pics of like new things or like little videos of a new place that we discovered. And that was really beautiful. And so, yeah, um but that's why I think having a really strong foundation is really important so that you might go a really long time without talking with someone but you always know that they're friends that they're your friends and even if you're unsure again hit them up. Okay. Love you all. Have a great rest of your day and I hope this was kind of helpful. And next week I believe, I I believe next week will be the podcast episode for this, but um, I will have a special guest and I can't wait for that. That's going to be so much fun. So yeah, until then, continue to hydrate, have fun, reach out to the person that you haven't reached out to, forgive yourself, forgive others, and... Do things that you enjoy and maybe you'll meet someone (laughs) naturally without any force. Okay. Have a great rest of your day and I'll talk to you later. Bye.